My name is Sharon Olson. I'm a librarian at the Palo Alto City Library. A full-length collection of my poetry, The Long Night of Flying, was published in April 2006 by Sixteen Rivers Press, a Bay Area publishing collective of which I have been a member now since 2004. Most of the poems I will read come from my recent book. The first three constitute a group I call my car series. Warning to the Carjacker You want my car? Take it. Here is the key. This one will open the doors and the trunk, start the engine, unlock the tank, put in regular unleaded, inflate the tires to 30. In the back, you'll find paper bags, enough to spread out for your new seedlings and a warm blanket for your beloved. But if you're in a hurry to get it on, the front seats lay down flat. And if you're in a hurry to get away, drug deal gone bad, bags of money spilling green, God help you, speeding down mission, falling in love with my car, so under its spell that it fools you into a dark ravine, the two of you rolling over and over, flesh and metal, metal and flesh. Scenes from the Garage I am learning to speak like a man, take my car to the garage and say, the engine oscillates at 40 miles per hour, because they will not understand if I tell them the motor emits a low moan that varies in intensity like wind on the moors. But oscillation somehow relates to moaning, from oscillum, diminutive of os, mouth, meaning small mouth, the one on the mask of Bacchus that hung from the pine tree and swung in the breeze, hence something that moves up and down or back and forth, this movement centered on the mouth, mouth to mouth riding the waves, oh, it begins, opening wider. At the garage, they pop the hood, rev it up, they say, and I sit there, ready for anything, surprised, they have to ask. The title of the third poem in my car series is the name of a painting by the Belgian artist Paul Delvaux, The Village of the Mermaids. We sit placid as wives on straight-backed chairs, hoping to appear presentable. Our blue-gray dresses drop to the floor, hiding the non-human parts of us, tails that go thump in the night. We have been told the men want to play with us, we are ship-shape, impenetrable, no suckholes to frighten them away. We have spent time with our hair, ridding each strand of reeds and mussel shells until only the waves remind of the sea. We cannot dance or cook or thread needles. We weave nets rather than sew, sing songs to sailors rather than speak. The men see what they want in us, fast women, like cars sprouting tail fins on a jag, in a tailspin, taking them far. In a daze, by the side of the road, we renounce travel, sit like the women we are, disembodied, deep thinkers, fool you all the time. The next poem borrows a story from a scene in Fellini's film Amarcord. 
Fellini remembers his childhood. Father, we have come to take you on this fresh October day to the country, where the leaves are the color of old books and as frail as you, turning, always turning, in the mind. We sit on blankets near the family farm and try to draw you near us with bread and cheese and brave smiles, nothing that you want. And so you leave us to climb the old elm, making your way to a level branch where you are at last comfortable and can begin shouting, Voglio una donna. I want a woman, you say. You keep saying. Your thin legs wrap around smooth bark, and you listen for the sound of skirts rustling among the leaves, wanting the woman you remember, or many women, who have become one woman, who crosses the field slowly and pulls herself up into the tree, a woman whose body brings to you garlic and olive oil, bacala simmering on a low fire. When the wind dies and the sun squints at you through the branches, you remember the end of the story. The woman never comes, not today or any day. Your legs dangle and your arms reach down, a signal you want to be taken home. Many of my poems are meditations on life, and death, and what we might call the border time in between. On the way to the bomb shelter, I discover you, whom I've waited for all these years. Your kisses disarm me, say over and over, let me introduce myself. And there is no time for the long, slow orgasm of afternoon. The shock of our bodies is enough to pull the trigger in me, in you, and we roll on the concrete floor, spilling canned goods that travel a long way before they stop. Death freezes the egg in the skillet. Death freezes the eggs in my body. We open a can of caviar, slide the salmon children down our throats, until I feel again eggs dropping inside me, too many to be real. Come, put your head in my lap, Dive once more in the stream you so lately discovered. The missile that cruises above our heads will not find us if we are already burning. The last poem I will read is a love poem for my new husband. We were married recently in Italy in October 2006. Resting After the Fall Where else would you settle down for a long rest but in the folds of a hammock. And if you were a mouse, you might find one, bunched up like string in a large paper bag, in the attic where you had come in from the hard winter, tired at last from running between snowbanks and grain. The man who had fallen out of the tree rested beside her on the wide bed, the attic window propped open to catch air. And as afternoon drifted off, the image would come to her of the small dead mouse curled up in the bag with a hammock, how perfect all its features were, skin on bones, and how she had flung it a short way into the berry vines and tangle behind the barn door, the skeleton landing on rock, the spine curved, motionless in sleep. And as they rested together she thought of the curve the man's body made as he fell, the apple-tree branch snapping beneath him, dropping him like a heavy sack 
to the earth below, and how she, rounding the corner, was not in time to catch him, and so held him now all the more tightly in her arms. To subscribe to the Writer's Block and hear more stories, please visit www.kqed.org slash writersblock. The Writer's Block is produced by KQED. 